Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Seven Figure Flipping Podcast. This is Bill Allen. We've got the holidays coming up, but we wanted to put some really cool stuff together for you guys. So what we did was we took some of the Flip Hacking Fridays that we've done, and I was I worked through a bunch of different things on there. And today, I'm going to go through a uh, marketing exercise with you guys. So basically, what I did was I opened list source, I went through it and I showed everybody exactly how I pull lists, what I think about when I'm marketing for sellers and um, exactly what I do. So I encourage you to listen to this podcast, obviously, but also go to our YouTube channel and watch this video. Like we'll put a link to where we have this video in the email, um, on the show notes, everywhere like that. If you're not on our email, email list, you can go to sevenfigureflipping.com and sign up on our email list and uh, make sure that you get updated anytime we put a podcast or any of this material out. But go there and follow along. You can open up list source on your computer um, and follow along with that video that I'm doing and walk through it with us. So this is really powerful stuff. I wish that somebody told me about this as I was getting going. I wish there was a video exactly how to pull a list or how somebody was thinking. I've done all, probably over 700 wholesale deals at this point, and this is the criteria that I've learned over the last seven years of how to use list source. I remember how... Um, like how daunting it was when I started of there's so many people that are saying, pull this list and this list and this criteria and all this stuff. It's a lot really confusing. So here is my methodology in marketing directly to sellers and what I'm thinking about as I'm doing it. So you can take some of that. You don't actually just have to follow along step by step by step. You can take some of the stuff you agree with. You can throw out the stuff you disagree with and make your own decisions, especially if you're more advanced. So hopefully this helps you guys in your journey on locating motivated sellers, pulling lists in your own area, even looking at a new market or things like that. I think this is uh, really valuable stuff and I hope you guys enjoy it. My name is Bill Allen and I'm the leader of a group of elite house flippers and wholesalers called Seven Figure Flipping. We don't brag or show off our success, but instead let integrity and stewardship be our guide. We are dedicated to helping people unlock the freedom they desperately need. If you ask other real estate investors, they will say to keep your secrets quiet. But we believe in abundance, not scarcity. And that's why we are the elite. We are Seven Figure Flipping, and this podcast is our playbook. I'm going to go really fast. I'm just going to go through just like I would if I was analyzing, like I was going to go into this market. So we picked, I think we picked Richmond, Virginia, right? Richmond, Virginia. All right. Can you guys see my screen, Kyle? Can you see my screen? Yeah, you're good. Okay, cool. Um, all right. And if you guys got anything in the chat here, drop it in there. So basically, what I've got here is list source. You, a lot of you guys probably know it and use it. And I'm going to start there. When I start thinking about a city, the first step that I do is supply and demand. I think about that. And I'm going to analyze this like I was going in to do some virtual wholesaling. A lot of what we talk about today, if you're a flipper, will apply to you. Trust me, 100%. Now, if I was a flipper, I'm going to, if there's times there where I would think differently as a flipper and a wholesaler, I'm going to highlight it for you. So for me, uh, in the beginning, as uh, just kind of analyze the market as a wholesaler, the first thing I'm going to start with is demand. So if you said, hey, Bill, Richmond, Virginia is an, is an area I want, I want to go into, is there money to be made there as a wholesaler or a flipper potentially? And so the first thing that I'm going to do is start looking for demand. And I want to see how does this, how does this city transact? How does it transact for investors? So flippers and, uh, and landlords primarily. And maybe some Airbnb buyers, things like that, developers, new construction. But as a flipper, what I would want to look at is I would want to look at the MLS data. I would want to look at what's sold recently. So I probably, I wouldn't go to list source first. Where I would probably go is to, uh, is to like Zillow or the MLS or a realtor 
to start asking them questions about what areas is the highest demand for the retail market. So what I'm looking for now as a wholesaler in the beginning of this is what is the demand for off-market properties or investment type properties. So let's jump into list source first. And as a flipper and a wholesaler, when I look at the supply, I'm going to use the same tool to look at supply as a flipper or wholesaler. But right now, as a wholesaler, I'm going to go to list source. As a flipper, I would probably go look at retail sales um, in Zillow, Trulia, Realtor.com for free sources. And then there's some paid sources that you could look at too, but I want to use free sources today. I don't want to actually spend any money today, even, even though we might spend a little bit to see what we got. So, um, all right. So as a wholesaler, I'm going to go here and let's go. So I'm going to create my own list and I logged into list source. So I have an account you can see here. This is a uh, uh, Williams account, my account. And let me make this as big as I can so you guys can see it. All right, so the first thing I'm gonna do is, is uh, geography. And um, we talked about Richmond, Virginia. So even before I do this, let's look at Richmond, Virginia counties. So I kinda of wanna see the county map because if I've just put in the city of Richmond, I might not get everything that I need from that. So let's get to know Richmond, Virginia a little bit better first. So I'm gonna start looking at some of these, whoops, some of these maps like this. Hopefully you guys can see this. Let's see if I can get bigger. So let me zoom in on this for you. All right, so I got Richmond. It looks like I got Henrico County, Hanover County, New Kent County. So I got, I got quite a few counties here. I would probably look at Henrico County. Looks like I get the city of Richmond. I get some areas outside. So Let me look at, see the size of Henrico County. So, okay, Henrico County, um, as of 2010, the population was 306,935. It looks like it actually misses the city of Richmond outside of that county, possibly. So, oh, it's Richmond County. So I got Henrico County and Richmond County. And, okay, this is a good map here. I'm going to keep this map up for us if I need to come back to it with the counties right here. I got Henrico and Richmond. Okay, so I'm going to use Henrico and Richmond County. So let's see how big Richmond County is. Richmond County, Virginia, population of like 10,000. So it's not huge, but I want to include them unless I want to be outside the city. So um, let's take a look at, at Henrico and Richmond County. So one option here, you could put the city, just Richmond, Virginia. You can put the county, you can, put, you can draw a map. Like I could draw a map around the area and I'll show you a couple of those things. Um, so let's see, we got Rich, we got uh, the state is Virginia, available county, I want Henrico County and I want Richmond County. And maybe I don't want downtown Richmond, but right now I'm going to check it out. So right now it's telling me I've got 110,000 names in here. So that, that sounds about right. That's probably about 400,000 people. Um, you know, if you think there's, you know, four people in a household or something like that, these are the number of homes that we have here. So remember, I'm looking at the demand now, right? So I'm looking at, I'm looking at the demand for off-market properties. So the next step that I have, now I've got this county, and this geography could be anything. It could be Richmond, it could be a map drawn area. When I got started, I drew a map. I knew where I wanted to be. So if you know the city really well, you could draw a map. Remember, I don't know the city. So I'm actually trying like intentionally not to look at certain things um, right now. And this is just a 
This is the big picture overview at, at first, and then I will dig deeper. So um, I'm not gonna go like super deep today, but I'm gonna give you the high level uh, overview of what I'm doing. So I realize I'm already 10 minutes in, so I gotta speed up. Okay, so I want absentee home. Remember, I, I want the demand. I want absentee owned homes. And so here's the demand. I want to trustee owned properties, I don't really care. Uh, corporate owned properties. So these, the reason I picked absentee is I don't want people that own their house. I wanna know how many people are buying investment properties. So they don't live there. And if you live in a second home type market, like, uh, like the coast of Florida or something like that, you got to be careful because it might include like just people that live in another state that are buying a vacation home. I don't think a lot of people are buying vacation homes in Richmond, Virginia. So most of these people are probably flippers and landlords that are buying non-owner occupied homes. So um, this is corporate owned is means in an LLC or not in an LLC. So I'm going to come back to this right now. I'm going, to ex I'm going to put only corporate owned and I'm gonna see what that does. So right now, remember we have only corporate owned. So non-owner occupied, only corporate owned. And now I'm gonna to go to some demographics of what I'm looking for. So, and I, by that, I mean the kind of the property. So I want property type next. So what kind of properties am I looking for? I'm looking for, um, I usually click one to four unit residential. So I got townhome, duplex, triplex, quads, single family, condos, um, uh, planned urban developments and the mobile homes are something that people might add. So 3595, maybe there's a lot of mobile homes and you can see there was only one mobile home on this. So not a lot of mobile homes in these counties. Um, condos, people might not want condos. So if you're not going to flip condos or you're not going to market to condos, don't include it here. So 3596, let's see where it goes. And I can just watch this number change. There's only like 200 condos that were in this, these two, these two counties, non-owner occupied. So you can kind of mess around. You can put just single family residential. Um, one thing that I usually check, and here's a little hack for you, this residential other. So we're at 3289. And if I add residential other, it goes up a significant amount, 1500 houses or properties or parcels or whatever it is right here. So one thing you might want to look at is this residential other section when you're doing this for yourself. I'm going to remove it here because I'm, I'm probably going to buy something. Um, but this, this could be something I'll, I'll give it, I'll give like down in Pensacola where, where we are, this residential other, a lot of times are now they're like vacant lots because they were, they were typically houses that got knocked away by the hurricane. I found in all of my marketing and analyzing the numbers and things like that is a lot of times those properties. So if you're a land investor, residential other might be something that you look into because right now it, it, it doesn't uh, quantify here as vacant land but it is, doesn't have a house on it anymore. So we found that a lot as we were marketing down there. So one example, you wanna dig a little bit deeper on that. Um, okay, so I also want the last market sale date. So I don't wanna know what's happened forever. So this is what's happened forever. I only wanna know what's happened in the last six to 12 months probably. So what is the demand right now? So I typically do, let's start with last six months and see what we've got. So remember, these are non-owner occupied homes that were purchased in the last six months so they've been owned for six months. This is a flipper or a landlord that's bought in the last six months. Right now I've got 96, right? So not a ton. So what it's, that's telling me right now, and remember, this is only in LLCs. So now I've got non-owner occupied homes that were purchased in the last six months. They're residential properties, one to four units, residential. Let's go to the last year. Let's analyze the last year and see what we get. 96, 250. So an interesting thing that's happening right now is you may not have the last four or five months that have had a lot of off-market properties being purchased just because the inventory is really low right now. Less sellers are selling. So you, that may be a reason why we jumped so much when we went back 
12 months instead of six because of the coronavirus stuff that's happening right now. It's timely, right? So think about all of the factors that are in play here. So I've got 250 names. Um, and so now what I, the other thing that sometimes I look at, like here's, what, here's a, something that people get wrong a lot of times is they're only looking at 100% equity. So sometimes people will just put this because they're like, I want cash buyers, just cash buyers, right? So let's see what happens. That list of 250 that I could have bought goes down to 63. So 187 of these people didn't pay cash. Now you might lose a good investor because they're using hard money or private money and they have a mortgage on the property. So that's a big problem. So I actually don't, I don't recommend you put 100% cash in here because yeah, they, there's, it doesn't mean they're not cash buyers. I still want buyers as a wholesaler that use banks, that use hard money lenders, that use private lenders. I don't need somebody just show up with cash to me. They're still buying with cash. So that's a big, that's a big like no-no that a lot of people do and teach. So, okay, I feel good at this point. Um, some other things you could do is um, last market sale price. So if there's really high priced properties, you might not want to include them and skew the numbers and things like that. But I feel good here. So now I've got this 250 names. And remember, these are LLCs. So just, just LLC, so only corporate owned. Now, if I want no preference, or let's say we got 250 corporate owned, and typically what I do here is I take a sheet of paper and I write down, okay, I got Richmond and I've got LLC 250 in the last year. Okay, so I've got that number. Now I look to exclude the corporate owned. Let's see how many people are buying in their own name. Non-owner occupied last 12 months in that area. Okay, so I got personal name, 335. So if I, if I put no preference, I'm gonna get that total, right? 585 it should be. Okay, 585. So now I'm saying, okay, last year, I've got about 600 properties just in these two counties. It's about 400,000 people in these two counties. I could, go, I could go bigger and further out, right? So that's not bad. 585 people as uh, properties in the last 12 months is not too bad in my mind. There's money to be made here for sure. It's not like 50 or 100. And so I typically want somewhere around the, you know, around the thousand mark in the last 12 months. So probably what I'm thinking now as a wholesaler is I want to go out a little bit further. Maybe this isn't a big enough area for me. Maybe like maybe Richmond County is not the right thing. So I'm starting to think about what do the other outside uh, counties look like? Because that place is broken up into quite a few counties I noticed. So maybe you want to go a little bit bigger and get instead of 400,000, you're getting closer to 800,000 population or a million or 750, something like that. We make about we make up over a million dollars in, in counties and areas that are only 500,000 people. Um, so it's, it's doable in a smaller area like this. So uh, let's see. Now, the next thing that I want to do here is um, I want to go take a look. So I got all these 585. I got no preference. And I actually want to click purchase the list. And so I've got them all. I've got uh, owner occupied. I've got uh, personal names and LLCs now at my 585, my total. Last 12 months, um, residential properties. So at this point now, um, what I want to do, and this is, so I'm in my, I'm in my list source account. You can see, uh, if you guys don't have a list source account, you can create one for free. I'm doing all the stuff for free. I'm not actually going to buy this yet. So all this stuff is free right now in list source. So I click remove duplets. So remember I've got 585 and the next step I want to see is how many people are buying multiple properties. And I can see that for free right here, just by clicking this. So we went from 585. Let's see where we get to. So it's, it takes a little bit of time because it's, it's analyzing the address. So down to 477. 
So not a lot of people are buying multiple properties. So if that number, usually I like to see that number get cut in half when I do this. And when I see that number get cut in half, that tells me, okay, there's, there's some people buying in volume here that, that I can move property. They want to buy more than one. So this, this is interesting. We've had more mom and pops like personal name type investors, 335, 250 LLCs. I suspect most of those numbers that got cut in half are probably the LLCs. So I, most of the cities that, that we run, like uh, in the areas we are, it kind of gets cut in half. So there's a lot of people and some people are buying 15, 20 properties themselves. That's pretty rare here. Um, it doesn't look like these, this area is transacting as heavily as I would like it to. So I'm going to remove the duplicates. Again. I'm going to uncheck that. It's going to go back to uh, uh, 585 again. And while it does that, the next step that I want to do is I actually want this information. So I can get this information for free. I can't get the names. I can't get the addresses, but I can get the data. So now I'm going to go purchase partial list. And what I'm doing here is I can actually download an Excel spreadsheet that's going to show me the number in the different, in the different uh, zip codes. So I can see what zip codes are transacting the highest. And if I don't have a lot of money, when I, I'll talk about how I would go into this, prop, into this area without a lot of money too. Next. So, okay. So what I want to do is I want a custom selection and I want to group them by zip code. Okay. So right here, I can see the zip codes. So how cool is this? This is free, right? I got the 585 buyers. I've got the zip codes that, so there's one, one transaction in the zip code, five in here. And so what I do at this point, and I, I'm going to, I'm going to walk you through it. And man, I'm already at 20 minutes. I got to, so I'm going to email this report to myself. I'm going to take it off screen. I'm going to email it to myself. And it'll come in my email in the other screen and I'm going to open it up and I'll pull it back over. So they're going to email me a CSV file. Okay. I've got it. I'm downloading it. I'll open it up and then I'll bring it into the window in one second. Okay. And the reason that I'm doing this this way, is because I want to be able to now sort it. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna bring it over here, so you guys can see I've got those, I've got these zip codes right here. I've got the numbers, and I just got this from List Source. Just emailed me a second ago. No tricks up my sleeve. I didn't even know we were analyzing Richmond. So I'm gonna zoom in on this. Okay, so now I can see the zip codes that are transacting the highest. So what I'm gonna do is I'm going to sort this data. Uh, let's see. I want uh, column B. All right. So here we go. I actually want it the other way. Or just the smallest. Okay. So now what I can see is if I sum this up, I can then take this, divide by this, I can get the percentage. Sorry, a little bit of formatting here. You're going to have to watch me do this. I don't know. I'll, uh, I'll drag this down. So this is the percentage that I have. I'm trying to, uh, let's see. 
There's probably like Excel geniuses that are yelling through the screen right now. Oh, there we go. Format cells. I want this in a percentage. Okay. So if I just want like the top 30%, I could look at these three zip codes alone, but you can see you don't want to spend a lot of time down here. Like these are the areas that are producing two, three, 5%. You want like the top, the top like 60, 70% of deals and see what zip codes they're, they're operating in. So now I'm going to start analyzing these zip codes. I don't know if I have time on this call right now to go in as deep as I wanted to, but two, three, two, two, eight. So like now I'm going to go figure out like these two zip codes or these three, four, five, six are producing 10, 20, 30, 40, 50. This is 60% of the transactions that are happening right now. That's the whole 80, 20 rule, right? Like, can I just market to these? So now what you have to ask yourself is what's going on in these zip codes? Like what kind of zip codes are these? What's the supply look like? We know what the demand is. Demand is high in these areas and these zip codes. So now I have to say, what's the supply look like? Is this zip code really big zip code? And that zip code that has 16 down there that's only got 3% is a really small zip code. So actually by volume, they're, actually, they're, they're producing more flips and, 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 um, and properties and things like that. Like what is the, what's the makeup of each of these zip codes? So let's go look, 23228, let's see where that is. So I'm gonna open another window. So I'm gonna look at this zip code. 23228, here's the map. So it's north of Richmond. It's got a botanical garden here, a nice park. Um, okay, it looks like it's just outside of the city. The city's got some sort of beltway around here. Here's I-95, I'm familiar with that, it's 64. So there's some, and, and this lakeside area, this might be a really like rich, um, nice area. So the reason that I'm looking deeper now is when you look at supply, you wanna look and see, like this doesn't tell you that these were bought off market. This just tells you that these were bought, these properties were bought um, to a non-owner occupied person, which is typically an investment property in the last 12 months. So it could have been that all of these were done on the MLS and they were all done with the realtor and they were all paid retail price. So what it's not telling you is that there was distress. So what we're looking for now on the supply side is distress. We want to see if there's distress in the zip code. So um, you could do 23228 um, zip code demographics and you can start seeing, so like, I wanna start learning more about this zip code, Henrico, Virginia, like what's going on here? You can go to Zillow next. So next thing I might go to Zillow and say, like, what, is, uh, what are houses selling for in that area? What do they look like? Are they rental properties? Are they flips? Um, then, then the next thing I would do is, is probably go try to talk to somebody who knows the area. I would get on some free forums, on some Facebook groups. Um, what I didn't do, which I meant to do was, the first thing that I wanted to do today was join a Facebook group in the city. Like, and hopefully I get approved in some RIA group in Richmond. And then I'm going to go in there and I'm going to start scraping email addresses and I'm going to start looking at building my buyers list. So we're, uh, so at this point, I'm trying to figure out more about, uh, two, three, two, two, eight, Henrico, Virginia, because for me, if you, if you look at Nashville, I, I live in Nashville and Brentwood is a, is a city that would show a lot of off like uh, second homes, um, cash transactions, those kind of things. But it's such a rich area and so well off that it doesn't have the distress that I need to do off market deals on the supply side. Think of Beverly Hills. Think of the really rich areas in, in most cities where you're going to spend a lot of money to find properties there, 
without a lot of return. You might do one or two deals a year and make big money on it, but you're going to spend a ton of money to go find it and a lot of time. So what you want to look for is those blue collar areas that where the distress lives, where the off-market properties are. And that's what you're doing here when you start looking at these zip codes. So 23229. 23229. So this is like, it looks like it's almost the next one over, right? So we have this lakeside area. Now we got Tuckahoe area. So I want to start learning more about this. They got the Museum of Fine Arts. You got like uh, green spaces here, the West End. You're kind of like right on the outskirts of Richmond. So I'm starting now to realize like what's going on in these different areas. And I'm going to start doing research. I'm not going to dive deep into this because I, I have a few more things I want to cover. But the next step is to figure out, okay, I'm going to go deeper. Like is this, and then I'll start highlighting zip codes. You know, the next thing is like, yes, this is, this is one that I want to, this is one that I want to market to. This is one that I mark, want to market to. Maybe this one is like, nope, too rich. Um, it's hard to find deals there. It's mostly, so I want to, the next step that I did when I went into a, another city was I talked to somebody who knows the zip codes. And so it'd be like, Hey, tell me about this zip code. Tell me about this one. Tell me about this one. And I also want to see the size of it and population. As you start searching all these zip codes and I, I would spend time, I would spend time on most, most of these. And, and at that point, kind of draw my map around the area that I'm looking at and be like, yes, I want to go there. No, I don't. You might, you might do this analysis and find that there's one that has like 30 or 40% of the deals are going on in that area. Like uh, I would say in most of our cities, 40 to 50% of the deal volume that we do is in one zip code. Like, and, and so that's, that's crazy. If you can find that honey hole, you only need to focus there. As you're getting started, what I was talking about when I didn't want to spend a lot of money on some marketing or I want to own a zip code, start there. Like if you can make 30 or 40% of your money, just go all in there. Spend all your time there in that, in that new area that you're checking out or trying out. And if there's a ton of volume and a ton of things going on, there's a lot, there's a lot of opportunity in there for you. So this is the, that's the demand side. This is the supply side. And, and the only thing that I've used right now is, uh, is ListSource and Google, and I haven't spent any money yet. So the next thing that I'm going to do is I'm going to buy this list. So for me, this, this list only costs like 17 bucks. We have a great deal with list source. It's like three cents. Um, Kyle, you can throw if, Kyle, if you can throw in the chat, if anybody wants to get our deal, you guys can get our deal with list source. Um, we, yeah, we sure. have, you can come into our account if you want, but we have a great deal where it's like a subscription service. If you want three cents a name and you don't have it. Um, and so at this point, I'm going to go buy this list. So I'm going to continue to check out, Okay, anybody have any, any questions while I'm going here, like buying this list? Because uh, I want to open it up and I want to show you what this list actually looks like. I think it'll be helpful for a lot of you. And by the way, when you buy it, do not click remove duplicates because I want to show you how many people are, uh, are on this list. Like how many people bought five, six properties, 10 properties, because then I'm going to go after them first. Kyle, have there been a ton of uh, questions that I've missed? I just saw one that says, how do you find out if there's distress? any websites or mainly just talking to people. So the distress, the next thing that I'll look at for uh, the supply side is I want to look at the demographics of that area. I want to look at, um, I want to look at like what, what kind of jobs, what, what are the price points? What's the rent like? Um, so then I go, the next step is like, this is the high level overview. And then I go deeper. So it's like, what uh, if, because remember what, what I'm doing right now is I'm just determining is Richmond, Virginia, a good area that I even want to start going deeper. I might analyze four or five of these in a day and pick my favorite one, the one that transacts the best. I probably would, at this point in this analysis, I would say, 
I'm not sure. Like, I know that Richmond is, is a big enough city. I know there's definitely deal volume there, but I, I didn't find it in the two counties that I just looked at. 585 is not enough for me. So now I, I, need to, I need to do a little bit more research. So I might go to a forum or something and say, hey, uh, anybody that's in Richmond wholesaling, like you have some time or I would, I would look a little bit more since there's so many counties. I would, I, what I didn't do is look at how far, like if I drive an hour northeast, south and west, what counties would I get to? Because that's, that's kind of the range that I would go, like the hub, and go out you know, 30, 45 minutes each way, maybe an hour, depending on how, long, how far I was willing to drive. And now that we're closing over the phone a lot more, um, I just want to get them on, I can just get them on the phone. And, but where are people buying? Like, where does it start to trail off into too, too big of a, a suburb and then uh, go uh, more like um, country outside of there? So yeah, for me, I would, uh, I would look at that stuff for distress. I would look at like job loss, um, vacancy rates like rental rental rates price points of the houses it is i don't want to look in the million dollar area i want to look in the area where there's like it probably in richmond virginia is probably like i don't know like a hundred thousand dollars to two hundred thousand dollar type houses somewhere around there maybe even fifty thousand dollars and up um in, in a city like that so okay i've got my list here i'm gonna uh i'm gonna download it and i'll open it up for you guys so you can see it but there's a lot of ways, just think about distress. Like who are the people that are selling off market properties? Who's got problems going on? Who's got, uh, I mean, in, in the really nice neighborhoods like Brentwood, there might be an occasional foreclosure, but like what's the foreclosure rate in the different cities and counties? You can find, it's all public information. You can Google all this stuff and find this stuff for free. Um, there's, a, it, and remember, I'm doing this on a shoestring budget. Like there are, there are apps and there's uh, services and things like that that accumulate this data for you that you can pay for. But what I'm trying to do here is I'm trying to show you guys that it's possible to do this stuff with like little to no money and not spending a ton of time. Um, I think like in an hour, I can get this stuff. Um, I can get all the stuff that I need to determine, like even right now, I'm at the point now in just 20, 30 minutes, 28 minutes to say, I have, I have an idea of what I need to do here. And it's, it is a viable market, but I need to go outside and look a little bit deeper at um, the external type um, uh, the other counties that I that I skipped over. Um, okay, so I got my list here. I'm going to go back to my dashboard and I'll open up this list so you guys can see it. Here's what I just bought for $17. So we've got this owner name and you can sort this however you want, but one thing uh, I, I typically like to do is take it and I like to take the data and I like to sort it by let's go let's start with owner's name like the owner label name a to z list has headers so now we've got these label names so you can see there's a bunch of llc's personal names so you can see here's somebody who's buying who bought three remember this is in the last year that this was purchased um and who it is so i'm just going to hide a bunch of this stuff so you guys don't have to see all this repeat date actually before i do let me show you a couple tricks. So here's the owner's uh, first name and here's a second owner. So sometimes you'll see a second owner, uh, owner's name in here. Usually it's like a spouse or somebody like that. But sometimes what you can see is you can get an LLC that has a second owner that has a, like a personal name or it's non-related parties. And when you, if you're going to the point where you're gonna start skip tracing these people and text them or, or uh, remember, these are your buyers, right? These are the people that bought in the last year. So these are your buyers. If you're getting to the point where you're skip tracing them or something like that, I want all the names because I want to be able to skip trace. Look at this. This is probably some sort of hedge fund or something or a bigger property buyer. You can see, uh oh, uh, anyway, we'll go through some of this stuff. I'll talk through, 
uh, some of the data of what you guys want to see. But um, I'm going to hide this stuff for now because I don't think it's relevant um, for what we're doing. And now we just have the owner's name and the property address. And then you've got uh, what it is, like what county it's in. So this is Henrico County, Richmond County. So you can see the spread and then what type of property it is, townhouses, single family, duplex, stuff like that. So um, now what I'm looking for, and typically what I do now is I send this off, like I want like thousands of names. I send this off to a VA and then I say, okay, can you, I want another tab down here that has anybody who bought more than three or four or five properties per year, whatever you decide um, in the, on this list. And then they'll, they'll take them, they'll put it over into another tab because I don't need to do all this stuff. And then they'll send it back to me. And then I'll say, okay, well, here's the buyers that I really want to start going after. I want to start building my buyers list. These are great buyers to build. So then I might go to their website. I might send them a message. Hey, do you want more properties? I'm a new wholesaler in your area. Come get on my list. Um, I might send them, uh, I might skip trace them and go find the owner. I can go to the public records. I can have my, th that same VA go to the public records, figure out who the owner of that LLC is and write down all the owners of the LLC. So then we can skip trace those names. And so that's going to cost a little bit of money, but not a ton to skip trace names like that and find that information. Um, you can go the freeway and just go look for these people. Um, so at this point, let's just, let's pick this. Here's one. This, uh, they, they bought three this property investors. And so they've got one, two, three. These are different areas, different cities, um, all single family residential. So probably has some sort of landlord. Here's another one that has uh, three properties. If we go down to, here's this Cava uh, Capital. So what I'm typically looking for is to say, are they all on the same street? So they, they bought a bunch of townhouses. Like th this is probably like a package deal. They're probably like all right next to each other. And it was somebody coming in. It doesn't tell me that they bought like eight single family residential properties for rentals or to flip. Um, now, as I come down here, what I really like, what I really like is the personal names. I like, the buy, I like the landlords that are buying their personal name because they probably aren't working with a bunch of other wholesalers. They're probably buying you know, off MLS, they're probably buying with a realtor and I can probably provide them with really good value. And so if I can get a hold of some of these folks that have personal names, a lot of people skip that. They just pull the LLCs. So anyway, I realize I'm going pretty deep here and I was trying not to, but this is all good stuff. Hopefully you guys, hopefully you guys like this. Um, this GFD properties, you can see they're all single family residentials. What you see here is there, a lot of them are on the same street. So they bought like, they probably bought a package from a bank or something like that potentially, but they're almost all on the same street. So I started looking and see like, are they around town? Are they all different areas? Definitely probably try to get a hold of somebody on the acquisition side of this company. Um, and you can just go down the list and see like, who's buying a bunch. This, this guy's buying a bunch. Uh, things like that. So this stuff is, is, is very valuable. So, and remember this is only 585. Imagine if we did like, um, you know, three, 4,000, like when I, when I did this in Nashville, when I moved, when I moved here in Nashville, I was, uh, I had like three or 4,000. And what I found was there was one buyer that was buying 800 properties a year, 800 properties a year. So I need to get a hold of that company and figure out how to move our properties to them because they're pretty much buying anything. So, uh, okay, let's see, where do I want to go from here? So now we've got the supply and the demand. So we talked about the demand. We talked a little bit about the supply. So now what I want to do real quick is I want to go back to the source. I want to look at the same thing. So it's Henrico County and Richmond County, if I remember right. So I'm going to create my own list. And I'm going to look for the seller side. I want to see what am I going to be marketing to. So I didn't write down that zip code, but I think it was 2338. Two, three, three, eight, three. Oh, I've got it right here, actually. 
So now I've got this, 23228. So I'm going to grab 23228, 23229, and 23231. I'm going to grab the top uh, 40%. I'm going to grab all these four. And 23060. Actually, I can just do this. This is probably faster. Let's grab, uh, let's grab the top 50%. So here's the top 50% of the houses. I just copied that. So now I want to go to zip code. So now I'm going to take this data and I'm going to paste it in there. So there's my five zip codes that I just copied in and I'm going to add them. So now remember, this is the supply. Now I want to see like how many houses do I have to hit if I'm going to send a blanket direct mail to this area? Like what do I want, what do I want to do? So this is now me looking at the supply and I'm going to start marketing to this. So now options, I'm going to go to absentee owned because Right now, the season that we're in, owner-occupied sellers, uh, not my favorite person to hit with direct mail or even cold calling or texting. They're just, they're just slower to move right now. Absentee-owned, like landlords, they're more interested to sell. They're ready to sell, uh, potentially, right? And remember, you might be thinking, well, you just pulled that list. Well, we didn't really. We pulled the last year purchase. The guy who bought in the last year, a gal who bought in the last year is probably not ready to sell today. They're probably not pissed off enough at their land or at the tenants. Their tenants, uh, maybe they're not paying rent, but it's only been six months or something. So, um, so at this point, I do want to exclude corporate owned. I don't want to market to uh, LLCs. It's typically, it's pretty rare that an LLC, like a, a flipper or a landlord are going to be, that's owned in an LLC are going to be talking to us. You might, you might uh, find some landlords and things like that, but I usually exclude these folks. Um, so I got absentees. I don't care if it's trust owned. If it's trust owned, it's okay with me. And I'm excluding the corporate owned. So I've got my geography. It's those five zip codes. Now I want to go to property and I'm going to use the same property criteria. So I've got property type, single family, one to four units residential. Uh, I'm going to take out condos. Again, there weren't a ton of condos, but I don't want condos. And so townhouse, duplex, triplex, quad, single family, plan urban. I bet there's none of these. Let's see. 7988, 7988. Yeah, it's pretty rare that you get those uh, uh, urban developments in there. So, okay, we got property type and now what I want to look at is I want to look at equity percentage. So I am going to market to high equity. So let's just say 50 to 100% equity. It's probably, actually, it's probably high. Let's go to 70 to 100 and see what we get. So at this point, now I'm looking at my budget. I want to say like, if I'm going to send direct mail, how much direct mail can I afford to send? Or if I'm going to skip trace and I am going to cold call or text, like how much do I want to spend? So I'm going to take my budget and I'm going to work back to the numbers that I want to get here. So at this point, um, let's actually, you know what, let's move out of equity for just for right now. And I'll tell you why I want to get all of my criteria in and then I'll dial it in on equity. So, um, one thing that people do a lot of times is the last market sale date. They'll go like 10 years and longer. Like they've owned it for a certain period of time, five years and longer, something like that. Um, you can absolutely do that length of residence. You could use this uh, criteria. So, um, I try to put as little number of filters on here as I can. Um, typically what I want is I want the property type and I want the last market sale uh, price or uh, yeah. So I want, uh, I want the, I want the, like how, how, how much this house is worth like about that. I don't want to do a million dollars. So here's what I use actually total assessed value. So remember total assessed value is typically what it is in the County records. So I probably, let's just say, I don't want to go over $200,000. So I'm going to take unknown up to $200,000 assessed value. Typically assessed value is less than the actual ARV of the property or value of the property in most, most cases these days. And so now I've got total assessed value up to 200,000. We, we dropped about 2000 people there. 
So at this point, now I'm going to go back to equity. So I've got my zip codes, my five zip codes. I've got absentee owned homes. I've got no LLCs, just, just personal names. I've got one to four units residential without condos. And I've got a total assessed value up to 200,000 and unknown. So you can see, and you can see here, this is, they have 3,000 unknown assessed values. I want that in there because there's usually some gold in there. And we'll talk about that in a second. So now let's go from 70 to 100. And I realize I'm kind of showing you how I would pull my list to market to them. The other thing I want to do is I want to see how many unknowns there are. So we're at 1,000. There's 2,000 unknown equities, equity properties, absentee owned equity properties here. So keep that in mind. Um, we, we do market to unknown equity. I typically split it to test it for a while and say, is there, are there deals in there? What's the equity showing up as when people call us? Are they underwater? Do they have equity? Um, but that, that, that doubled, uh, tripled my list, right? I had 1,000. Now I've got 2,000 more people that I have to market to or skip trace. So this could be something that you take out in the beginning if you don't have a lot of money. But this is something that we absolutely use, and we've used it for years, and it's been fruitful for us in our city. I won't say that every city is the same. So maybe you just want to market to 70 to 100%. So now i got got 1,000 of these um, a thousand of these names. So what I'm trying to do here before buying a list like this is I'm trying to see if I was going to market to those five zip codes, and this is 50% of the deal flow that goes through in just those five zip codes, all the rest of them I could leave off, or maybe I want to go to three zip codes or two zip codes. How much is it? How much is, where's my world? Like how big is my world and how much money do I need to spend to get to them? So that's kind of the, uh, the structure of what I do when I kind of look at the list source supply side and then remember, I'm also want to find out about distress. I've already, I'm assuming that I've already looked at those zip codes and said, those are the ones that I'm going to go market to. Now, how big is the world there? So now I know if I add unknown and I do my typical list, unknown 70 to 100, maybe I want to add, go 60%. Maybe I want to go 50. And I start tweaking the numbers. And all I do is I just see what happens. Like it can go up. And now at this point, what I, what I want to do on this list, and I, I don't want to miss this, I'm about to wrap up. But on this list, when I go to purchase list, what I don't want to do, remember we talked about before on the, um, on the demand side, on the buyer side, I wanted to keep the, uh, keep the duplicates because I want to know how many of those buyers there are. I don't need to know that someone owns 40 houses. It's possible, but this is going to greatly reduce my list size and cost. So if you, if you, don't, if you, if you have three cents a name like we do, it's probably not a huge deal to buy the list and see like that seller has 40 properties. I want to talk to that guy or gal. I want to call them. Maybe when they want to sell one or two of them, they'll talk to me. Um, but if you remove duplicates, you can say, if you're doing a big list like us, like 150,000 names uh, or 200,000 names and you're, or 500,000 names all around the country, you're going to want to reduce this and only get, because I only need to send one piece of mail to each person. But again, look, my list was hundred dollars. Now it's $76. So it might be worth paying $24 to figure out that, you know, that one person owns a hundred properties and I want to get a hold of them and see if maybe one day they want to sell, I can build a relationship, take them for coffee, things like that. And then I can send it to my VA or very easily in Excel, you can remove duplicates in your Excel list and not have to mail to all those people over and over again. So uh, it went to 2560 from like just over 3000. So knocked off about 500 names and that can reduce your cost. For us, we send postcards at about 32 cents uh, with our vendors. Um, so that knocked off over 800 people actually. So that's gonna save a significant amount of money by not mailing people multiple times. So, okay, hopefully I passed the test. Um, let me see, I'm gonna stop sharing my screen. I am going to say that, um, 
this is just a high level of how you can use free. I didn't even jump into Zillow. I had Zillow open. I was going to jump into it. And, um, and the reason that I t sometimes go in there is I, I like to look at the school ratings. I like to look at some of the, um, uh, I like to look at some of the uh, demographic, like how much the houses are, are going for in that zip code. You can type in a zip code and you can see the data there. I just kind of ran out of time to go that deep. But um, overall, I'd, I'd say this county, I would want to grab some other counties, but I think, I mean, it's definitely a viable uh, area to, to go flip or wholesale in. And the, on the flipping side, remember, the demand typically comes from the retail buyer. The demand from the wholesale side comes from a, uh, a wholesale buyer, like a flipper or a landlord, to come in and buy properties from us. So that's the, uh, that's the idea and structure behind what I, what I would do here. All right. I hope you guys enjoyed that one. That was one of my favorite uh, Flip Hacking Fridays that we did. I kind of just jumped in and just, I loved it. I was um, in the zone, kind of talking through exactly what I do. Um, I really love marketing. I really love talking about it. I can get on a soapbox a little bit from time to time. So you probably heard some of that. Uh, but hopefully you guys got a lot out of it, enjoyed it. Go back and listen to this over and over and over again. Go to the YouTube channel, go to the video, watch it. You can slow it down, speed it up, whatever you need to do, jump around. But I know that this is really going to help you if, you if you take action on it, right? If you go in there, you figure out how to pull your own list, you come up with, what are your thoughts? Like, I think when you market for a long period of time, you've done a bunch of deals, you start getting more experience, you start getting really opinionated about this stuff. And that's where I am right now. I really feel like I can go toe to toe with anybody on why we do what we do and, and why I, I think that I, I should do that. And um, I can hear other people's opinions and other people's ideas too, and see why they do what they do. Like when Mike Simmons and I get together, we, we could talk about marketing for hours and just go around and around of why he does what he does and why I do what I do. And we're probably both right and both wrong. So um, you really do get opinionated and you start building on that over time. In the beginning, just do what other people do. Like do what we say, like run your list like that, like try it. It's going to work. Trust me. So uh, a lot of people think that they have to reinvent the wheel or listen to 20 different people and just do one thing, do it really, really well, and then start growing from there. So hopefully this helps. Um, if, uh, and we're going to be doing some more of these over time and, uh, the podcast plan going forward, I'm really excited about for the end of the year, I'm getting ready to share, uh, my 2020 year in review and all the different things that I've done this year. I've got some exciting people that I'm going to interview coming up that I'm uh, really pumped about. I think it's going to be great. So thanks for sticking around with me on the podcast and I will see you guys on the next one. What if you could raise $500,000 of private capital in the next 30 days to fund your real estate deals? How would that change your business? How would that change your life? I've put together a 30-day challenge that will walk you through how to get access to all the private funding you'll ever need at incredibly low interest rates on your terms when you need it. It's called the 500K Challenge. This is the same system I've used to raise over $15 million the past few years. And you're not just going to learn how to raise it. You're going to actually start finding this money yourself within the next 30 days as you go through the challenge. This is the single most important skill any real estate investor needs to have, whether you're flipping houses, buying multifamily properties, wholesaling, or anything else. Jump in and start raising private money now at 500kchallenge.com. I'll see you guys on the inside.